morning, Bucks fans. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. This is where, as always, we take all of your questions about your Buccaneers. So if you have a question for us, head on over to the Buccaneers Facebook page. That is where we will find them in the comment section underneath our live video. Um, yep, <laughs> this is incredible. I opened it and literally we're talking like seconds into the show, we have people messaging us about Stefan Gilmar. So <laughs> why don't we just go ahead and start with our whole DB injury situation and is signing another person. Like, I mean, I just think about how last Wednesday we just found out we'd signed Richard Sherman and now he's already played a, like a full game made. I mean, we saw it first tackle of the game, like, Oh, well, yep. He's going to be doing some things. So now looking at the Richard Sherman contributions, is there a chance they sign another person? What do you think the DB situation is overall? The floor is yours, sir. <laughs> well, if the floor is mine, the first thing I like to say is I really like your pumpkin. Thank you. I'm manifesting <laughs> fall and no joke, I'm also drinking coffee out of this. There you go. I just, I'm pumpkin like- spice. Pumpkin yeah, spice? Yeah, it, it is. It, it has pumpkin spice creamer in it because I hope I'm, I'm not- full, full basic white girl this morning, obviously. I hope I'm not intruding on your on your- coffee with Carmen and Casey. Yes, we just did here. that. Yeah, we're good. We just did that. So yeah, I'm just pretending it's not 90 degrees outside <laughs> and that it's fall. So yes, carry on. So Stefan Gilmore, I mean, yes, of course, the moment he's cut, surprisingly, I, I should say by the Patriots, the first thing everybody's going to say is, is he going to Tampa? And I can't blame anybody for thinking or asking that. You know, it seems crazy, but over after the last 18 months with the way that Jason Light has handled this roster and taken advantage of opportunities like that, you absolutely cannot count it out. You can't. Yeah, I think and, at this point, anytime anyone gets cut, I think people are like, oh, are they going to the Buccaneers? And it's just so funny that how that has happened in this last, you know, 18 months, yeah. that that is now the storyline of any individual gets cut or any individual becomes available or unretires or what, or even retires and everybody's like, oh, this is it. <laughs> And you could joke about it, but the guys that Jason has signed in their 30s, virtually every one of them has worked out. I mean, Gronkowski and, well, Fournette's not in his 30s, but uh, Antonio Brown, I mean, we could go on and on and they've worked out. So, like I said, it, it's not crazy. And I kind of like the idea, to be honest with you. I, you know, I think we have about two million, two million left in cap space right now, but I guess there's always ways to make more. And Jason Light has treated this last two seasons like this is an open window to win championships and I'm going to leave no stone unturned if it can help this team uh, and obviously the Bucks have a need at cornerback right now and, and to get to Richard Sherman he played in the game four days after signing with the Buccaneers after about three practices you know and two of those are learning and one of those is review on Friday so he had about two days to learn the defense and this is not necessarily a defense he was familiar with which would be probably a little bit different when Stefan Gilmore, because I think there's some overlap in the defensive schemes there. Um, and, you know, he, they went, you said he made the first tackle on the game because they went right at him immediately. I think the first two passes went right at him. They threw to his side a lot, as you would do to a guy, no matter what his pedigree is, which is awesome for Richard Sherman, you would do that to a guy that just learned a defense and is starting four days after signing with the team. And, you know, I mean, they completed some passes on his side, but, Overall, the Buccaneers only allowed 17 points with a secondary that was completely beat up. I think it was a pretty good job by all involved. Yeah, I loved that Bruce Arians talked about that at his press conference that, um, I mean, what Richard Sherman was asked to do is insane. 
It's yeah. just flat out insane from both a physical and mental standpoint where he has not been in football shape for a while. I don't care how hard you work out in the off season. Everybody talks about how there is just no way to replicate being in a yes. game. And so to go from not playing for all this time and then be playing 50 plus snaps three days later. Yeah. He is, played all but one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. And so just from a physical standpoint, that is incredible. And then the mental side of, yeah, like three days here, learn a whole defense. And it's not like Todd Bowles is known for having the most simplistic defense no. in the no. world. Yeah. I, I just, I'm blown away by what he was able to do. And so I'm very optimistic about it. That was him after three days. Imagine this next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's still more problems there because we were already thin going into that game and then Carlton Davis got hurt. And I get the impression that that's not going to be a couple days kind of thing, you know, that I think there's a very good chance he's out to this next game. They're hoping Jamil Dean can come back, but by the end of last week, he couldn't cut off of that knee. Uh, hopefully it'll be better this week, but there's a possibility that all three of the corners you started the season with your three starters, if you include the slot corner are out for at least one more game, maybe more. And it's just, that's why we're relying on guys like Richard Sherman, and Pierre, Pierre Desir, who really only got here on September 13th also, and has been on the practice squad. Richard Robinson, he's on the practice squad, but has been called up the last couple of games, hasn't gotten in on defense yet, but coach uh, Arians didn't mention him as a possibility. So, I mean, it's injury. Every team has to deal with injuries. Every team in the NFL, every season has to deal with injuries. And, and overall, the Buccaneers were pretty lucky with, in that regard on their way to the Super Bowl last year. But what, what the problem is, and we've discussed this before because it happened in the years before 2020, is when you have a rash of them at the same position. And that really can put you in a bind, not only in terms of trying to solve that position, but also you have to take away from other positions to add more guys to the roster. Like we had to cut Khalil Davis, as an example, to bring Pierre Desir up, and then Khalil Davis was claimed. I'm not saying that's an absolute tragedy. He's only played two games for us since we drafted him in the sixth round. But obviously there was something about Khalil Davis that we liked to keep him around all this time, even if he wasn't playing. So that's the kind of problems that injuries at a, a rash of injuries at a certain position cause. And then there's also opportunities for guys like Richard Sherman and Pierre Desir and who knows, maybe Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. And then, you know, Antoine Winfield, we still don't know what his yeah, situation is. Right. And what I think is interesting about that is, yeah, all these other injuries have been corner, but when you're having guys like Ross Cockrell, who can play both those different positions or Mike Edwards, that you do pull sometimes those, those corners and safeties. That's how you try to fill some of those holes is guys who are able to play multiple positions. Well, now you've also maybe lost a safety. I mean, again, we still don't know. Maybe he'll be able to clear protocol before next week. Um, but now that injury throws a whole other mix into things with the, the options of moving guys around there. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, that's true. And um, as an example, you threw out Ross Cockrell throughout training camp, he learned to play safety and, and did very well there. And so you went into the season thinking, Hey, this is our guy that we can kind of spackle over any one little injury at either spot. But then Sean Murphy Bunting goes down in week one and now Ross Cockrell is basically your slot corner. And so you don't have him as an option at safety. And when Antoine, Antoine Winfield goes down, now you basically have Andrew Adams, as you because Mike Edwards steps into the starting spot. And so Andrew Adams, who we all trust, he's been great for us the last couple of years whenever he's had to step in. But again, you're thin at that spot and you can't use Mike Edwards in the slot as another example, if he's playing safety. So the whole thing, the whole secondary is so thin 
and, and hopefully this is a, a temporary thing for most of those guys, but right now that's, it, it, it's tough to deal with. And you see the Buccaneers, they protected, you get to protect four practice squad guys every, every week. And they protected Richard Robinson, a corner and Troy Warner, a safety that we really don't know much about, but you've got to be prepared to turn to those guys if necessary. And then we of course had uh, Bella asking about how Gronk is doing and what is his injury situation and, and how the team has, how we saw this last week, how they tried to plug his hole that he fills yeah. that. I mean, that's a, it's a trusted guy, you know, that, that Brady loves to use. It's not like we don't have a lot of weapons, but he is sort of a unique one in that way. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah the thing that Gronk gave you that even, I mean, Cam Braden and OJ Howard are great athletes and, and guys that have been proven producers. Um, but Gronk is the guy that is, he's an every down tight end, the kind of guy you don't find a lot in the league because he's such a good blocker. And he was playing about 80% of his or 80 or 90% of his snaps in line, by which I mean lined up right next to the line as a blocker. Whereas a lot of times these big pass catching tight ends like Travis Kelsey or, or guys like that, they spend a lot of their time split out basically as a big receiver. If you have the guy that can play in line, but also be a guy that produces a lot in the passing game, that's a real good weapon because A, it helps you in the running game and then pass protection, but B, it makes it a lot less obvious what you're going to do with that guy. You know, if Travis Kelsey's lined up in the slot, obviously he's running a route. You know, Rob Gronkowski lined up in line, you don't, you don't know what he's going to do. And then you have two tight end sets and you throw Cam or OJ in, and it's really confusing to the defense what you're going to do. So that's what you're losing with him. And just the fact that he was playing so well and, and seemed to be, so spry and rejuvenated it's a shame that he's dealing with this ribs injury from just a random hard hit that smashed him onto the ground uh i would i'd be surprised if he was able to play this week when we're talking about fractured ribs but we'll see he's yeah, a tough guy know. and speaking of people that you never know what they'll be able to come back from jpp uh what is uh, what is the situation there do we know much about when he'd be available when might we know something and, and then also just how you have felt about the way they've been able to um, make up for his absence. Well, coach was a little noncommittal, I would say, on JPP at the beginning of the week, but it was a good sign, obviously, that he returned to practice, at least in a limited fashion, last Friday. That's obviously a step forward. Um, I think we'll know a little bit more in the next couple of days, although even, in, even when he's not on the injury report, JPP usually doesn't practice the whole week anyway, as they try to just manage his, you know, his health overall. Um, you know, obviously Joe Tryon, Trayinka stepped up really big in the last game. Uh, he had two sacks and I think three quarterback hits and the overall, the pressure was pretty good, especially compared to the first three games. We did blitz on about 46% of the snaps, according to next gen stats. So, um, you know, I guess we tried different ways to get pressure on Mac Jones and it was a pretty good effort overall. I think we just missed on a number of other sacks and still got four. So it was a good sign. It was really great that um, Joe Tryon got his first couple sacks because I think he's been playing really well overall. He just hasn't quite gotten home, and, and this time he did. And then, of course, we had some people who weren't tuned in right at the beginning uh, where we had talked about Stefan Gilmore and just wanted to hear, what are, is it a possibility, what it would take to make that happen? Is it something you think the team would want to do? Just because so many people are asking, I figured we'd, since we, we did already cover it, but there's some people who didn't get tuned in right away, so I figured I'd ask again. Okay, so it's okay just to repeat everything we said before? Yes, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Including how much I like the pumpkin behind you? On your yeah, side. yeah, we can just pretend the whole beginning of the show didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think the point I made before was uh, after the last 18 months with the way Jason Light has handled this roster, you can't count anything out. And 
it, I mean, just on paper, it's hard to argue against the fact that it makes sense. The Bucks have a need at the position. There's no necessary, we don't necessarily know the timetable for Sean Murphy Bunting's return. We don't know yet how serious Carlton Davis, Davis's injury was. It certainly didn't look good on Sunday night. We'll probably get Jamel Dean back pretty soon, but um, this was the 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I know he's 32 years old, but uh, Jason Light has done a good job of picking uh, the best 30-something-year-old free agents out there like Antonio Brown and, and uh, Rob Gronkowski. So, it, I mean, it does, it's, not, it's not weird or, or unusual in any way to think that the Buccaneers might be interested. I think we have about $2 million in cap space. You, you usually can find a way to make more if you need to be, if you need to. And um, obviously, Jason Light has treated these last couple of years like there's an open championship window, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we take advantage of it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for those amazing questions. And we'll be back here next week. We'll see you then.